Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. I am Rob Maxwell, your host and podcast producer. The Method to the Madness is a podcast all about physical fitness and wellness. The purpose of my podcast here is to go over with you what works in fitness and what may not work, and most importantly, why. Hence the name, The Method to the Madness. Today's topic is you cannot outrun a poor diet. I'm going to read one of the most important chapters of my book to you because I think it's very, very important and I'm actually very proud of it and I think it's an excellent book if you're looking to lose weight and I want to share one of the chapters with you so hopefully you will tune in and listen and before I get to that, let me thank our very first sponsor, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews and they're absolutely the best whether you're looking to sell your home or buy something new. They are the real estate agents for you. I will put their information in the show notes. That way you can click and go along with their telephone number. All right. So I previously have written a book called There is a Method to the Madness, and that's where I put together a lot of my different thoughts and takes on physical fitness as a whole, put together a collaboration of articles that I'd written through the years, and uh, I've been wanting to write a weight loss book, but as you probably know, anybody out there knows, there's a million in one weight loss books out there. So I was thinking, you know, do people really need to know more about this? Like I think everybody knows. And the answer to that is yes, they do. Because although there seems to be tons of information out there, and although I believe most people really do know the way to lose weight, people are still not losing weight. And we still have an obesity crisis in this country and worldwide that doesn't seem to be getting any better. And my thinking is, you know what? Even if only the people within my immediate circle read this book, the people that know me, my clients, my friends, my family, uh, friends of clients, whatever, then I, I did a good thing to get it out there because I really do believe I know the way to lose weight. I'm not saying there's only one, but I absolutely know a way and a way that's just commonsensical and uh, rules that I apply to my own life and uh, I'm really excited for the book so please check it out it could be purchased at Amazon or barnesandnoble.com and eventually directly through me when I get my shipment in so today without further ado I'm going to read rule number one all right hey if you have your book out you've already bought it which some of you have, actually a lot of you have, you can read along. I'm just kidding, I will read it to you as you're probably driving or exercising, so maybe it's not a good time to read your book. All right, rule number one, eat three meals per day. Calories in have to be fewer than calories out to lose weight. The only way to lose weight is to create this deficit. That is the math, that is the science, that is hard exclamation point. I get it. Because of this, I developed rules that help manage, help us manage this science. This is the first rule. Eat three meals per day and make them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
We were thinner by far in the 1970s and 1980s, were we not? The average weight of a man in the 1970s was 172 pounds, and the average weight of a woman in the 1970s was 144 pounds, and naturally the references are at the bottom of the page. The average weight of a man in 2014 was about 196 pounds, and a woman 169 pounds, so roughly we had gained 20 pounds. There has been a lot of progress from the earlier decades to now in health and fitness, but weight loss is not part of this progress. Many progressions need to happen. Cars are more economical. Smartphones. Some would argue that smartphones aren't an upgrade, but I think overall we'd all agree that it is. Cars are better all the way around. Computers have changed the world. Medicine is better, much better. Progress, progress, progress. Travel, apps, I can go on and on. Where we have regressed though greatly is in health and fitness. Being overweight and obese is now the norm. That's not healthy. I'm not saying the gold standard of health and fitness is rock hard abs on a woman and men on the beach, but being fat to the point of not being healthy is not good. Where is the happy medium? We need to start by getting back to three basic square meals. How do we get away from this traditional breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Here's one reason, in quote, eat five small meals per day, unquote. This became the sage advice starting in the 1990s. Let me explain where this comes from. There is such a thing as thermic effective feeding, or TEF. What this means is that we burn some calories when we digest meals. Our body is working to burn off food. This is a marginal number. Around 5% of the calories we burn all day is from the thermic effect of feeding. Out of 1,000 calories burned all day, this would be 50. Again, that's a marginal number. But what's wrong with the few additional calories being spent? Much, if not all, of weight loss is behavior. I'm going to prove that to you in this book. The original idea behind the eat five small meals per day way of thinking was to take advantage of this TEF. For example, if you're eating 1500 calories a day, splitting this up among five meals, then that would be 250 calories per meal. It does sound great in theory. A 250 calorie meal is one cliff bar. It's one banana. It's one and a half tablespoons of peanut butter. This what small really means. You may be thinking that all those aren't low calorie foods. That's correct. These are decent calorie snacks, but do you really think that most people keep all of their meals to this low end of calories and eat those snacks? The answer is, I believe, no. It's hard for everyone to assess what is low in calories and what is high without tracking it. If most people are just eating five small meals per day, they're going to simply eat five times per day, which will increase the likelihood of eating more calories. Here is another reason why we've gotten away from this three meals per day. Woo, tongue twister reading my own book. In quote, my friend says intermittent fasting is the key, unquote. There are a lot of fad ways that people are trying to convince you is the way to lose weight, but eating less is the key. It always has been. So what about intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting is defined by Healthline as 
and eating pattern where you cycle between periods of eating and fasting. I would argue that intermittent fasting, the way that it's being presented in the media, is just another one of these ways to overcomplicate the simple method of eating less. I'm not going to call intermittent fasting a fad diet because fasting has been around for years, but it isn't the holy grail to weight loss either. It's just one of the latest ways that is trying to get people to eat less. If it gets you to eat less in a healthy way, then it's a useful tool. The problem lies in the fact that it's marketed as a special tool that promotes fat loss. For example, it's sold to get you to burn more fat because your body has been without food for a certain period of time, but that's not the way it works. We still lose or gain weight over time with consumption over a 24 hour period. Is fasting bad? No. Intermittent fasting is a way that people control their eating by only eating for certain windows in the day. For example, one of the more common methods of intermittent fasting is only eating between the hours of 11 and 4. The person doing this doesn't eat before that and they don't eat after that period. Now, that's not all bad. If it gets people in the habit of eating at a certain time instead of just eating when they feel like it, and it gets people to stop eating after a certain time at night, which I believe is a great behavioral tool, but there isn't anything physiological that happens when you do this. Some try to state that the body lets go of more fat because you have limited your food intake. That is really only true and limited. For years, bodybuilders have tried to use fasting cardio as a trick to burn fat. In the end, we burn more fat when we take in less than we put out. Those are the facts. Fasting is not proven to be a better way to get there. Psychologically, yes. Physiologically, no. Intermittent fasting is not a fad diet, but it's not a magical answer either. It's simply a way that is not sustainable for most people. Eating three meals a day is a behavioral tool that works. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are timed out as well, so you can learn to simply delay gratification, which is a major weight loss tool. Delayed gratification, I'll say over and over, is simply putting off bad behavior until a later time. The three meal spacing gives you the amount of time in between that works well. If you want to have a big pizza for lunch, but you say, nope, nope, not now, dinner maybe, but not now, now I'm sticking to what is best. Dinner comes and the craving is gone. The spacing is manageable. I often hear someone say, I'm hungry, but I'm not meaning to pick on semantics here because I know what they mean. What people mean when they say, what they really mean when they say this is, I want to eat. I get it. Let me educate you on the difference between appetite and hunger. Appetite is psychological and be based on your mood, boredom, time of day, behavior. Hunger is true hunger. Most in the United States are never truly hungry. It takes a couple of days of not eating to be truly hungry. We want to eat. We feel like eating. That's not appetite. Now at times it can be brought on by physiological things such as low blood sugar. This can create feelings of hunger that if you have low blood sugar issues you, issues you may want to address. We can feel that way in the early morning. We may think we are hungry, but in fact your blood sugar is low. But most of us don't eat when we're truly hungry. I'm not saying we must wait for that. Again, we may be waiting a couple days, but most don't need to eat between meals. We really aren't hungry like we think. We're bored, we're anxious, we're programmed. Fight it off. If we eat balanced, 
square meals, then we won't let our blood sugar drop. Protein and complex carbohydrates keep your blood sugar stable. Delay the gratification. Tell yourself that you simply aren't going to snack on food right now. Think about what most snack foods are. Soda, bars, candy. You could argue fruit, right? Fruit is great. Often, it's not the fruit that people go to. Again, I'm not knocking eating a piece of fruit between a meal. I'm saying that I think for many people, this would be setting them up to think that they need to eat between meals. I just don't think you need to. I know I didn't. I lost weight and most importantly kept it off. This book is about weight loss. If you're an athlete and you're happy with your weight and you're fueling for competition and training, eat more frequently. This step of eating three meals is a weight loss tool. Many snack foods are calorically dense. This means that they have more calories per size than nutrients. The best foods to eat when trying to lose weight are nutrient-dense foods and not calorically-dense foods. Peanut butter is an example of a calorically-dense food. One little tablespoon has 100 calories. You have to eat a barrel of lettuce to get 100 calories. Bad food? No. No such thing really as a bad food per se. But when trying to lose weight, you want to work within your budget. There's a difference between healthy foods and nutrient-dense foods. Yes, nuts are healthy. They have good fats, they have some protein, they have fiber, but due to the fat, they're high in calories. Healthy, yes. Fattening, yes. If you are at your ideal weight, common sense states that you can have more nuts, etc. Right? Eating three meals a day is a way around a lot. Eating three meals per day is a way around a lot of these weight increasing unhealthy habits. We can simply eliminate many snack foods by eliminating snacks. We aren't going to be as likely to eat more because our eating frequency has been reduced. Three meals a day instead of one, two, gives us enough time in between eating to where we can use the great tool of delaying gratification. When you eat your three meals, sit down, eat them at the table, take your time, eat mindfully, don't be in a rush. Slow down and take a break. This is the time to. Let's get back to basics. Okay, so again, that was my rule number one. I picked that because a lot of the feedback I've already received on the book has been, that's the one rule. I hope they apply all of them, but that's the one rule that they want to start with like right away. And I do think it is a big, big key. You know, so much of what we do, good and bad, is habits, right? So when we just simply get out of that habit and we eat whenever we feel like it, we can be a slave to the grind, per se, right? I say to people all the time, clients, friends, you know, feelings aren't facts. You know, are you sure you're hungry? Are you sure you need to eat? Or are you just bored? You got time on your hands. You just want something to crunch on, something to munch on, something in your hands. I mean, often it's that. And if that's working for you and you're perfectly content with your health and wellness, keep it up. But if you're not and you really want to take the weight off, I just believe that eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner is a key way to do it. And again, as I point out in the book in that chapter, I'm not talking to the athletes that have to fuel for competition or fuel just before workouts and whatever. I always tell people that when you're trying to lose weight, it's not the time to do it while you're in athletic training. 
So I'm really not speaking to those people. When you get to your body composition you're comfortable with, then you can kind of bring back some of the other things you used to do. But be careful. I mean, be careful. It, an easy way to get back to where we were that we didn't like was to simply go back to bad behavior. So that's the chapter. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, I really would love for you to pick up the book. I really think it's great. And I really hope it makes a difference. And I really, really mean that. I want to thank our second sponsor now, chiropractic physician Doris Antos. She's began her career as a chiropractor 18 years ago. She's in the Ormond Beach area. She works with everybody, athletes, non-athletes, and she's simply the best. She will make sure she does for you what you need and not just take you through some prescription that she thinks everybody can use. And unfortunately, that goes on sometimes in that industry. Hey, it goes on in my industry too. We have to know what to do for each individual person, and she absolutely does that. So please give her a shout. Again, she's up in Ormond Beach on Granada Avenue. And I will put all of her contact information in the show notes as well. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.